Swanson to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Well, hello there. Episode number 130 of Four Future Considerations. John Rashad here with my good friends Matt and Manny. Still loving the NHL playoffs. It's been a lot of fun this week. We had a great show earlier this week, or at least I think I did. You guys were pretty good, too. How are you guys doing? That's why you're on the MVP ballot. You were, John. John. I listened back to that a couple of times, and and I thought you were just fantastic. Really led the way, brought the boys out of the room. That was a, a C on your jersey for that one. You get if we have like you know how teams have like the either the wrestling belts or the hard hat or something like that they give away after wins. Whatever we give away, you got it from the last episode, John. Wow, thanks. I feel like there's something else coming, but I'll, I'll take that for now. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, episode 130 finally breaks through. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the OHL final, and Hamilton's playing Windsor in the final and uh, calling the games for the Windsor Spitfires. I thought what Hamilton does after a victory was interesting. So they bring out a table with four nails, um, but they're like fake nails, but they're giant nails. And they give a, a big hammer, which is more like a... like Almost like uh, a mallet? Yes. And they have to hammer down the nail after each playoff win. Okay. Well, that's fun. So, so, John, that would be you after each of the episode. We would give you the big <laughs> Thor hammer, the mallet. Yeah. And you would be able to hammer home the nail because you are the star of the show, John Rashad. <laughs> if, well, if, we did a, if we did a storm surge... After episode 129, you would be the bowling ball that would get everything started and the rest of the team would fall around you and we'd all celebrate and piss off Don Cherry. (laughs) (laughs) And you would be happy about that, John. You would be right into that. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) And after, after all the poop talk in 129, it might not be a mallet. Or a hammer or anything. You might just bring on a shovel and scoop it up. Or the plunger. <laughs> One of the two. Oh, and on that note, let's get everybody ready for the weekend, shall we? Yeah. Here we go. Hey, Manny, can I jump in and interrupt you just before you get started? You posted a video of you walking across the catwalk in Hamilton. That is terrifying. <laughs> I'm not afraid of heights, but that is dreadful. The, the walk to the press box in Hamilton, you have to walk over the, the entire sort of third of the ice surface. Yeah. And that's not the only place in Oshawa you do Oshawa's that too. Oshawa's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do it. I had to go with an engineer one time in Oshawa. We had to run some cable and I was like, I'm not afraid of heights, but this is terrifying up here. So I when am I, afraid of heights and I'll do the show by walkie talkie in the parking lot. very much. <laughs> well, it is. You could say, isn't it COVID still? Can't we do it in my basement? Right? Like, 
Yeah, I'll be streaming it live down here. Thanks very much. Yeah, so I did post that on my Instagram. I also posted it on Twitter for everyone to see on my Twitter account, at Pave of the Way. But uh, I just thought it was really cool. The last time I was in Hamilton, I said, oh, next time I'm here, I'm going to do this with my phone to give everybody a sort of inside look at it. And it is quite the walk. Mm-hmm. It it's It's quite the walk, and you're up high. Now that I work for the of the company that's building the Gordie Howe International Bridge and the towers, bridge towers are 470 feet up in the Ooh. air. That walk in Hamilton is nothing. It's, <laughs> I might die still if I fall out, but that's nothing. The, the worst part of making that fall is not dying. <laughs> oh. How many broken bones? Yeah, I totally agree. That's the smartest thing you've ever said on this podcast, Matt. <laughs> I want. I get the. I get the mallet. I get the mallet. Yeah. Yes, you do. At yeah. the end of today's episode, we'll talk to you Rashad. next week. Have a great one, podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. See ya. Play the George Costanza clip. I'm out, everybody. I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah. glad you liked that video, and glad that Adam. Nathan, Callie, Quinton, Josh, they listened to our debate show earlier this week, offered some of their picks for the NHL Awards. A lot of Austin Matthews love out there for that heart trophy. Yeah, if you missed our picks for the NHL hardware, you can go back and take a listen to episode 125 that we released earlier this week. 129? 129. Was that what it was? I fell asleep for a few of those in between. (laughs) You can tell, too. 129 was good, though. That was good. I actually think we woke you up because that last episode you were pretty mellow. And then I John was. started John started asking you about the Angels and Joe Madden and then you lost it. Yeah. And you were wide awake <laughs> that again. Right. See, that's what baseball does. Yeah, that sounds all right. <laughs> so yeah, we had that uh, love for Austin Matthews. We also had a question from Jordan who said she was waiting for us to talk about watching the new Top Gun movie. Have you guys seen that yet? I haven't seen it yet. I really want to go see it in a theater, too. Have you guys seen it? No, we we watched uh, the previous one on Netflix earlier this week. And then actually tomorrow, we are going down to um, Jill's dad's house. And he really wants to see it. We're going to go see it in an IMAX theater in Kitchener. So that'll be oh. fun. And it'll also be a big test for me because this will be the first time I've been in a movie theater since COVID. So I'm a little yeah. nervous about that. But uh, yeah, I really want to see this on the big screen. I'm really excited about it. I still haven't seen the first one. So, no, I haven't seen the second one. <laughs> Are you going to watch the first one, though, Matt, before you watch this one? Now I feel like I'm I'm watching it just to, because everybody else is watching it. So, uh, I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. It's on Netflix. It's easy enough to get. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. you got to watch it. I still can't believe you have it. I uh, know. It just it passed me by. And yet, I continue to live and breathe. <laughs> how, how does that work, huh? I don't know. I missed four episodes of the podcast, apparently. So, <laughs> And uh, Jordan also sent us a note that said her husband, Dan, thinks Tom Cruise is the last great movie star, the actor that will actually get people to go to the theater single-handedly. What do you guys think about that hot take? I don't hate it. Um... Like, and see, and, and funny enough, like, I'm a big Mission Impossible guy. So Ethan Hunt, like, I think he's 
fantastic as Ethan Hunt did in the uh, in the, the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, you know, James Bond will always be up there. It's going to be a new guy, though, though so that's going to change, uh, of course. So it's more the character than than the actor. It's not a bad take. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't hate it. I would. I would just suspect that there were that list belong or that title belongs to someone funny or like in, in a comedy where I think like Will Ferrell for a while for me was at the top of that list. And Will Ferrell was just reading, you know, color bars, which didn't even have words on them. I would still watch it, but I don't hate it. Uh, I, I'm okay with if That's what you want to say, Dan. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not going to hate you. Yeah, I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy, actually. I actually don't go to watch movies that he's in that often. I'm doing it this time just for the special effects and the the buzz and the hype around the movie. But generally, yeah, I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy. I haven't watched the last few Mission Impossible movies, actually. See, I, I think it's a good take. Like, if, if, if Top Gun makes a billion dollars, Tom Cruise is going to make a hundred million. Like, that's a lot of cake. That's what Will Smith took home for Men in Black 3, which is the record. A hundred million dollars. Like, I don't know if it's actually Tom Cruise or the fact he's smart enough to make action movies where you know it's going to be better in a theater than mm-hmm. it is watching at home. Like, think of the movies that he's made, the Mission Impossible mm-hmm. movies that you talk about. Top Gun movies like it seems like all his movies now are action movies that you really want to watch in a theater. Keanu Reeves, The Matrix, right? Mm -hmm. John Wick movies that you really would love to see with that big sound in a theater. I think he's just smart enough to make those types of movies. And it's funny, we mentioned Will Smith, too. He's another one of those guys, or he was until the slap, but we'll see if his career ever recovers, because he was another guy who could single-handedly bring people into the theater. And uh, speaking of stars, it doesn't get any bigger than this guy in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, our guest for the OT today, someone who we had on the show before last summer's NHL draft. He was a borderline prospect, I would suggest, at that point. (laughs) We have him on the show. Teams start calling us. What was he like? Is he a good guy? Did you like having him on? Is he well-spoken? How did he act when you weren't recording? Since then, he gets drafted by the Dallas Stars in the first round. He goes on to lead the OHL and the Canadian Hockey League in the regular season, scoring with 124 points. He's also leading the OHL playoffs in scoring as well. You are welcome. And of course, we're talking about Wyatt Johnston of the Windsor Spitfires. And this week, he was named the winner of the Red Tilson Award as the most outstanding player in the Ontario Hockey League. And Manny got a chance to speak to Wyatt after the awards presentation for our podcast. Here with Wyatt Johnston, the winner of the Red Tilson Trophy as the most outstanding player in the Ontario Hockey League. Wyatt, first off, congratulations. Just that phrase, what does that mean to you? What comes to mind when you hear that? Thank you, and uh, yeah, I think it's just you know pretty special. Um, yeah, I mean, just being able to name be named or the the league's MVP, I think that's definitely a really really cool thing. And um, yeah, I think it's just really cool looking at this trophy and uh, you know seeing all the names on it. And uh, yeah, it's just a really special moment. And um, you know, it's great that I'm able to you know share it. You know, my parents are here and. 
um, yeah, I think it's just pretty cool. It's unbelievable when you look at the names. Uh, I'm sure you were a fan of some of these players back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I know like Mitch Marner, Connor McDavid are just two of the names that, you know, I've been able to watch a ton. Um, you know, Mitch Marner is one guy that, you know, he's probably one of my favorite players to watch. And, um, yeah, I think just pretty cool to, you know, be able to, um, you know, share the share the award with him, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just definitely really cool. It's a huge honor, and um, it's really exciting. It's well-deserved. You've had a fantastic year. Um, who do you credit for the fact that you've, surprised a few people let's just say to win the scoring title yeah I mean there's countless people that you know I need to thank and you know credit um you know I think my teammates have done you know a great job of of supporting me this whole year and um you know helping me um succeed and um you know the coaching staff has has been amazing for me and they've you know also given me every opportunity to succeed and um you know giving me put me in the right positions to um you know do well and and I also need to, you know, thank all the, you know, support staff at the Spitfires and, you know, staff. And then, you know, obviously my builds who, you know, do so much for me over the year and, you know, do whatever they can to make sure that, you know, I'm comfortable and, you know, I have everything I need. And then, you know, it's also my my parents who, you know, are so supportive and, you know, they help me so much over this year as well. Your sister's going to take credit for this too, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there as well. She, um, she likes to give me a little bit more of, you know, tough love. Um, you know, tell me I suck a little bit, but, um, yeah, she's also, she's great too. I heard she's the better hockey player. So that's why I asked that question, but now you got something to hold over her head, right? Yeah, exactly. I guess this, I have this one up on her, but I'm sure she'll, she'll tell me that I'm not that good that she's still a much better player than me. When did it start to click in that this could be a very special year for you and for the team? Yeah, I think, you know, around probably around halfway through the year, um, you know, like just as the team started winning more and, um, yeah, I think it was just, you know, just as, as just I think as the year went on, just kind of grew more special and, you know, just kind of looking into it, like realizing what a, what a special team we had in Windsor. Um, and, you know, I think going down the stretch, you know, we won 13 games straight, I believe. Um, and, you know, I think at that moment, you know, I think we were all just realizing that, you know, we were a top team in this league and, um, you know, we, we had a great opportunity to go really far in the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's what we've done. And we're, you know, I think we're all really excited to, to keep going and, you know, you know, finish the job. What about you personally? When did you figure out in your, your own mind that, well, I can produce at a very high level in the OHL this year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it took me a little bit of time to just kind of adjust back to the league and just kind of get used to, to playing to playing games as you know I was used to in the last ten years of my life, um, you know after being off from COVID. So, um, you know, like as kind of December time or so kind of came, and um, you know, like personally, I was able to you know I guess put up some more points and um, just kind of I guess climbing the ranks of you know I guess the scoring race at that time. Um, you know, I think at that time I started to you know I guess realize that you know maybe that was a you know a chance for me and. Um, yeah, ultimately, um, you know, I just more focused on just trying to win games. And, um, you know, that's ultimately what, you know, makes me the happiest is when we win games as a team. Sort of works together, right? You get points, the team wins games, it works hand in hand, right? You, you talked about that COVID session, you know, like there wasn't a lot of hockey. I remember 
we had you on the podcast and <laughs> you weren't playing a lot of hockey before the U18s. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, going to the U18s, it had been, um, you know, over a year that, you know, I hadn't played a, a meaningful hockey game or even a hockey game at all. So, um, yeah, you know, I was, you know, fortunate enough to, you know, be selected for the U18 team and play there. And, um, you know, I got to play games, which was, you know, a lot more than a ton of my teammates this year and, you know, a ton of players in the league. So, um, you know, I think that definitely helped me a ton just being able to play there. And, you know, it was an amazing experience. And, you know, winning gold was definitely a really special experience. And I think that was, you know, just really big for me to, you know, actually be able to play some meaningful games. Did it open your eyes too that you can play at an elite level? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I always had, you know, great confidence in myself, but I think throughout the COVID year, I think I just kind of, you know, worked as hard as I could and, you know, did whatever I possibly could to to get better. And um, yeah, I was just, you know, once U18s came and, you know, I was selected for the team, I was just so excited to be able to show off, um, you know, the improvements I've made. And um, yeah, I was also, you know, a big tournament with the NHL draft coming up and, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of pressure on, you know, all of us. So I think, you know, I was just overall just really excited to just play some games and just kind of show, you know, the work I've put in. We're going to take credit for it, too, because we had you on the podcast. You got drafted in the first round and uh, Dallas Stars are calling again to say congratulations. And uh, and then you win the MVP award. So we're going to take a little bit of credit here on the podcast. But um, let me ask you, growing up, did you ever think the last... 12, 24 months would be like this? Uh, no, no, I had, it's been a crazy, crazy last two years or yeah, two to one years. It's, um, yeah, it's been really, really special. It's been, you know, a lot different, not, not definitely not what I expected growing up. Um, you know, COVID kind of threw a wrench in, you know, a lot of things, but, um, you know, I'm just really happy that we've kind of got through that and we're back to, you know, some normalcy and, yeah, I think it's been a, a crazy and really exciting past, um, you know, two years. And, um, you know, I think the thing that could, you know, only make it better would be winning the OHL championship and going on to the Morel Cup and, you know, hopefully winning that as well. Yeah, and add another piece of hardware to this. You've already won several awards, the league's leading scorer, the most sportsmanlike player. In fact, I was talking to the Spitfires owners, the Savages, and they wonder how can somebody be the most sportsmanlike player and also the most outstanding player. Do you pride yourself on the fact that not only do you rack up the points, but you're pretty gentlemanly on the ice? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I just try to, you know, play the right way. Um, you know, I guess maybe I'm not the most, you know, physical player, but, um, you know, ultimately I like to play the game hard and, um, you know, ultimately I just kind of want to do what I can on the ice to, you know, help the team out. And, um, yeah, I think it's you know, been so far a great year. Uh, let's talk about this year. Um, the Windsor Spitfires are two wins away at this point from winning the Ontario Hockey League Championship. What has made this team so special that they can challenge for the biggest trophy in the Ontario Hockey League? Yeah, I think there's a, you know, definitely a number of things. I think, you know, Bill is, Bill Bowler has done a great job of, you know, bringing in some, some key pieces who have, you know, been able to help us so much. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we all we all play for each other and we want, all want each other to succeed. So, um, you know, I think going out there, everyone's, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to uh, to win. And, um, you know, I think ultimately that's been a key for us, just everyone buying in and, and doing, you know, what they can every time they're on the ice. And, you know, even away from the ice, just doing whatever they can to, you know, help the team out. And 
Um, you know, I think that's being the biggest thing for us, just kind of playing for each other. What is it that you think that has propelled you guys to the top? Is it the fact that you guys are such a tight-knit group in the room? How, how much of a factor is that? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, it's definitely one of the closer teams I've, I've been around. Um, and, yeah, I think we all just, you know, we're all best friends. We're all brothers. And, um, you know, we just want to do whatever we can to, to help each other out. And, you know, none of us want to let each other down. And I think that's just the biggest thing. We're just, a, you know, a whole group. And, you know, especially not just, you know, the players, the coaching staff, um, and, you know, the other staff as well. Um, you know, like we're all just one big group. And, you know, we all care about each other. And we all, you know, want to win just as much as everyone else does. How much of um, the underdog mentality do you have? Because I don't know if many teams gave yourself and the Spitfires much credit heading into the OHL final against Hamilton. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, like going into this series, you know, no one really, even I don't think anyone really thought that we had a chance. I think, you know, a ton of people thought the, the Bulldogs were going to win in four games. So, um, you know, I think we really took that to heart. And, you know, we knew how special of a team we had here. And, um, you know, the, the Bulldogs hadn't played any team from, from the West really the whole year. So I think we just wanted to, to kind of show them, I guess, what the West Conference is all about and what the Winters Fires are all about. So um, I think we've done an amazing job so far, but, you know, we're only halfway there and, um, you know, definitely have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I want to talk about that. You haven't won anything yet and you're still two wins away. What does you yourself, what does the team have to accomplish down the stretch here? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're only two wins away, as you mentioned, and, um, you know, like we're just so close to, to our goal, and, um, you know, I like think we all have the motivation, we all have the will, um, and, you know, we just want to do, you know, as our, as our slogan is, whatever it takes to win. Um, and, yeah, I think we just are, are just really excited to, you know, try and get the job done and, you know, win the OHL championships, which will, you know, be a, just a, an amazing experience for, our, for everyone in the city, and, um, yeah, you know, ultimately that's I think all of our focus right now. Can you feel the excitement in Windsor? Like the the building game three, the fans were crazy. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think as anyone who's been around the rink has seen, the the fans are amazing and they're so fun to play in front of. And um, you know, I know from personal experience playing against um, some crazy fans that you know it's definitely a lot tougher playing against a, a loud a loud group. So. I know the uh, WFCU Center has been, you know, real loud recently, and um, you know, I think the, the the fans have given us a huge bump, especially in the playoffs, just giving us, you know, a lot of extra energy, and um, you know, they've been huge contributors to to our success. I know it'd be amazing to win the OHL championship and head to the Memorial Cup, but I want to end on this trophy right here, the Red Tilson Trophy. Where does this rank among your honors that you received in your hockey career? Uh, yeah, I'm probably for, you know, personal wise, I think it's got to be the best. Um, yeah, I think it's just definitely a really special award. Just being able to look at, you know, the past winners and, you know, just being able to recognize the most valuable play player for, um, you know, for the Ontario Hockey League is definitely something that's, you know, really special just with all the great players who, who play in this league. And, um, yeah, just being able to be recognized is definitely a really special moment. Well, you deserve it. It's been a pleasure to watch you. Congratulations on your success on the award win and best of luck as you try to finish the job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wyatt Johnston of the Windsor Spitfires, the most outstanding player in the Ontario Hockey League and a good interview too. 
And the Spitfires are back in action this evening uh, for game four of the OHL championship against the Hamilton Bulldogs. I know two guys that are going to be going wearing Bulldogs costumes. (laughs) (laughs) Kiefer (laughs) and myself. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll be you guys will be making the news tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> the over under on us uh, the amount of hockey we see is the first five minutes of the game <laughs> <laughs> so we are thrown out of the wfc the wolf with yes with as the kids call it so in what you're saying matt since we take all the credit for getting him drafted in the first round and leading the league in regular season scoring and now leading the playoffs. Are you saying because he appeared on the show that Windsor is going to win the championship? If they win the championship, it will be because of Wyatt Johnston. And Wyatt Johnston is who he is because of for future considerations. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to say that we should be on the ice for the J. Is it, is it what's the name of the trophy? J. Ross, J. Ross Robinson. Robertson, yeah. So I'm not saying we should be out there and that we should be like, you know how the next person that gets it after the captain is like somebody who hasn't <laughs> won it before. I'm not saying that should be us. But I'm also saying we should be a lot higher than most of the people in the organization. Yes. <laughs> but, we each get the trophy for a day this summer, right? Oh, it's going to be in the pool. Canada like, Day I'm weekend. Telling, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be in the pool. <laughs> By the way, Wyatt Johnston, too, just passed Taylor Hall for most playoff points in a single season by a Windsor Spitfire. That's how good he's been. So, And he's still got more games to play, at least two more games to play. So this kid's going to be a stud. Ran into sure Craig is. Button, John Abbott from TSN are calling the games. Uh, John Abbott, great friend of the podcast, listens all the time. Craig mm-hmm. Button said he would come on because John told us how fantastic Matt Dumichel and John Rashad are, and don't worry about the other Portuguese on the show. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. look fo- look forward to having him on the podcast. Hey, if you don't dress up in a Bulldogs uniform, maybe we'll hang out with Craig Button after game four tonight. Cool. I'll just. I, I, what, what do I wear now? I'm now. I'm really thrown. Should, should I wear a suit? <laughs> Can I sit there like I'm a healthy scratch? Do it. Do it. I guarantee. Guarantee. And wait it. for John Abbott. I mean TSN. Sure, but wasn't he also play by play for the Vancouver Canucks for his season? I mean, yeah, let's talk yeah, about the pinnacle yeah, of his career. Yeah, Come on. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we get him on the podcast, John. Mm-hmm. Take it easy on the Canucks level. All right, all He's right. He's no longer in Vancouver. Like, take, take right. it easy, though, right? <laughs> you ever hear Rashad talk to somebody who's even been to Vancouver? It's just <laughs> insufferable. <laughs> One thing I'll say about John Abbott, he got screwed because the year he did the games on TSN radio in Vancouver, the following season, Rogers got the contract. And that's the only reason he's still not doing the games. But uh, he's recovered nicely doing TV work for TSN. So he landed on his feet. So we're happy for him there. <laughs> yeah, and it's great to see him. A good friend. And we'll get him on the podcast, too. And good luck to Wyatt Johnson and the Spitfires. And congrats to Wyatt on another award. Uh, yeah. He wins the leading scorer award, the most outstanding player award, and he won most sportsmanlike. So you can be outstanding and sportsmanlike, kids. 
Wow. No matter what John Rashad says. I got most improved handwriting in grade five. I don't know if that counts for anything. Wow. That's pretty good. I got good. a ninth place track and field ribbon. <laughs> I won most improved player on my, on my high school soccer team. Oh, nice. From what the message boards I'm seeing, I've heard you're in the front runner as coach of the year in the Forest Glade Soccer Association, wherever where right. you're coaching. The Tecumseh Soccer League. I'm back for more. Yeah, <laughs> you and me and you, what you call yourself Pep, right? I'm not Matt, Pep, Pep, Pep Guardiola, Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah Matt. <laughs> so it's two of the best soccer coaches in our neighborhood. <laughs> 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 and uh, remember if you want to get in touch with us with questions comments maybe let us know what awards you've won send us an email at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com yeah and follow us on social media too podcast ffc on twitter and instagram or for future considerations on facebook and don't forget to go to your favorite podcast playing platform and give us a review give us that old five star the old five finger discount and uh, give us uh, the opportunity to entertain or, or annoy more people than we do already. <laughs> and we want to thank our sponsors, too, who are not annoyed by us yet. London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic, speaking of soccer, good soccer guy, third best coach in the league. Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Go see Shane at Next Level Athletics. Thanks for listening this week, and we will talk to you next week on Four Future Considerations. Bye for now. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.